with Babylon coming to capture Judah, what was to happen to God's promises? Jeremiah sees restoration. The land of Israel will again be home to the Jewish people. Coming up next on Our Jewish Roots. In the sixth century BC, one man stood alone against the pervading wickedness of God's people in the land of Judah. The prophet Jeremiah was chosen by the Lord to warn of pending judgment that would come at the hands of the Babylonians. Visions of an exile left him heartbroken and in tears. But Jeremiah remained faithful to his calling and recorded a message that would speak to generations yet to come. Standing tall with faith in God, he understood better days were coming. And there was hope over the horizon. We are so glad you've joined us today. I'm David Hart. I'm Kirsten Hart. And I am Jeffrey Seif. I have a feeling today you've heard this song that says, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. Bright hope. I think there's a little bit of hope in today's program, yes? Yes, and uh, not that I want to teach you the lyrics, but great is thy faithfulness uh -huh. follows in short order. Yes. And uh, morning by morning and uh, you know, there's darkness in the night and morning comes, the light breaks, and that's so much of our story today. Well, we're looking at Jeremiah chapters 30 to 33, which is all the new covenant written on our hearts. And I believe is for Jews and Gentiles. They finally get in kind of on this message, right? Absolutely, absolutely. God's not just about the Jewish people. He's working through the Jewish people, Jesus being the foremost Jew. That's why we call this our Jewish roots. Mm -hmm. We're looking for the world, uh, but we're looking at the word through a Jewish perspective. And God so loved the whole world that he gave the word through Jeremiah. We're gonna hear so much more from you in a bit, but right now, take your Bible as we go to Exodus to hear the word of the Lord. Some 900 years before Jeremiah, God spoke unto Moses on Mount Sinai. Write down these words, he said to Moses, for in accordance with these words, I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. ועתה אם שמוע תשמעו בקולי, ושמרתם את בריתי, והייתם לי סגולה מכל העמים, ממלכת כהנים וגוי קדוש. דיבר רי אדוני אל משה. ברוך. מתי שגינו? מדוע? מדוע הם הפנו את גבם לברית אדוני? יהודה הפכה לממלכת נביאי שקר. עם שעזב את אלוהיו, את אדוני. ימים טובים יותר יגיעו, ברוך. כתוב את דבריי. אדוני מדבר איתי על ברית חדשה 
שיעשה עם עמנו. הפעם יכתוב את התורה על ליבנו, במקום על אבן. טוב. כי סלחתי לעוונם ולחטאתם, לא אזכור את It's known as Shemot in Hebrew, Exodus in English. Therein, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses the teacher, speaks in the 19th chapter, well, he writes in the 19th chapter, and therein, readers are told that Israel was to be Mamleket Kohanim, a nation of priests. Similarly, Therein, he says that the Hebrew people were to be goy kodosh, a holy people. Tragically, when we look at Jeremiah's world, we see that the people were not acting as a holy nation, as a kingdom of priests. All that was spurned for materialism, vice, It was an absolute train wreck, but there was a priest. His name was Jeremiah. The name itself, itself in Hebrew comes from a word meaning appointed. And he indeed was appointed to a very difficult task. And that task was to, in effect, call it as it was. And it wasn't a very good story. Happily, however, the sins of the moment are not the whole story. The reason why I say that is because as we're going to see in very short order, Jeremiah envisioned that though they broke the covenant given there at Sinai in chapter 19 and 20 of Exodus, though that covenant was broken, the Lord was minded to in effect give a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah and with the world, accent the world. Readers of the New Testament experience Peter giving voice to the fact when he writes, he says, you are collectively a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, the language that was commended to Israel in Exodus is commended to people who are Jewish and non-Jewish alike. And we see that in Jeremiah while he's principally speaking to Hebrews. He's not just speaking to Hebrews and about Hebrews. He gives voice chapter after chapter to the nations as well. He sees God doing something new in the world. And hopefully let newness is a work that you've experienced in you. And hear me on this. If you have, if you in effect have been born anew, Peter speaks of that in the context of the text that I've already alluded to. If you've been born anew, that new work that was prophesied in Jeremiah has already begun in you. It's not a perfect world, there's difficulties in it, but we in this world, like Jeremiah, are priests to stand and represent God. It's not always easy, 
Sometimes people disrespect us for so doing. But at the end of the day, we stand, we speak, and we lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven by virtue of our so doing. We speak a bad word on occasion, but a good word on top, because though we see difficulties, because we believe in God and know his word and his will, we know in fact that there indeed is hope over the horizon. אמרת את דבריך, אדוני. באים ימים שישראל ויהודה ישוקמו. עמך יחזור מהשבי לאדמת אבותיהם, ויחזיקו בשוב. הם יעבדוך. אדוני אלוהיהם ושליטם אחד מבית דוד, שאתה תכתיר למלך על פניהם. It's all too easy to misread Jeremiah. I don't mean just to understand the literature or to misunderstand the literature, I should say. It's easy to misunderstand the man who's penning it. Individuals see him as an angry fellow. He isn't. He's saddened, to be sure, because his task as a minister is to call it the way it is. And the people were in a bad way in that day. Similarly today, you can have an evangelist calling someone out for their sin. It doesn't mean they're an angry person or a mean person. It just means it is what it is. The news is the news. Let's not do fake news. Let's call it the way it is. Because when people can see it for what it is, then they can turn from it. And when people turn from it, good things happen. Jeremiah saw good things happening, believe it or not. The reason why I say that is because he said that. Look here, if you will, in chapter 30. He knew he had a tough assignment, but he, as I've said over and again in this entire series, he saw hope over the horizon. The reason why I say that is because he said it in his own words in chapter 30, if you'll look with me, please, in verse 3. I'll do it in my translation, and I'll unpack it piece by piece so you can follow it in yours. Ki hinei yomim bo'im nomadonoi. The days are coming, says the Lord. It's futuristic from Jeremiah's vantage point. The day is bad, but there is a new day coming. And what's coming? Well, he says, Veshavti, and I will turn et shvut, your captivity. They were taken off into bondage. It was tough, but God was going to turn that around. It's like the word repentance. It's the same root word, Veshavti, to shuv, turning. There's a new direction. Individuals are going one way, but then they turn another. Here, circumstances are going one way, but they're going to turn another toward a brighter future. He goes on to say, it's for Ami Yisrael v'Yehuda, the people of Israel and the people of Judah. Indeed, it's for the whole world, but the point is these that were overrun and taken away, there is going to be a returning, we're told. Amar Adonai says the Lord. It's the word of the Lord. And I will bring them back. They will return to the land 
of their fathers. He made promises to Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he gave voice to the fact he's given those people a land commended in literature. Their sinfulness prompted the exile from it, but there's a return to it. And we've seen that happen time and time again. We see it in biblical literature. We even see it today. Against all odds, the Jewish people returning to the ancestral homeland. And what does that tell us? It tells us that God watches over his word to perform it. And it tells us he's indeed able to do that against all odds. And guess what? The same God that can do that in a way that's material, he can do something spiritual as well. Inasmuch as he can bring a people back to their land, he can bring you to a better place than you might find yourself in right now. God did it for them. He can do it for you. What he could do materially in the world involving hundreds of thousands of people, what he could do for them, he can do for us. God is in the business of restoring people from captivity. And that's the good news of the gospel. The prison doors are flung open and whosoever will may come. To be sure, the prophet calls them out for their sin. It's a tough assignment, but he doesn't want to just call them out. He invites them in to a new world. And it's just not a new world for them. And indeed it was because he restores the captives from Judah and Israel. He does. We see it in biblical literature. We see it today with the rebirth of the modern nation state of Israel. But what he does for them, he can do for you. And like Jeremiah, to be sure, you can know, indeed, there's hope over the horizon. Our resource this week, the series Jeremiah, Hope Over the Horizon on DVD. The prophet Jeremiah was called to warn Judah that judgment was coming at the hands of the Babylonians. But we find woven through his writings is a message of hope and deliverance. These nine programs feature Bible teaching by Dr. Jeffrey Seif with special guest, Dr. Michael Brown. Contact us and ask for the Jeremiah series on DVD. Our Jewish Roots is more than just a television program. See what you are missing on our social media outlets. On Facebook and Twitter, you'll find our daily Name of God devotional, current news articles, the Bearded Bible Brothers, and more. On our YouTube channel, you'll find Faith Foundations, music, interviews, the Bearded Bible Brothers, and more. Or find everything on our website, levitt.com. We invite you to keep in touch and join us on social media.
We are so honored to bring you dramatic reenactments each week with people who do the dramas who really speak Hebrew well. We know a few words, but these <laughs> actors, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It's as if you are back in the day, yes. really, with Jeremiah. It's fantastic. We do all of that for you. Our viewers love the authenticity of Hebrew-speaking actors. Yes. And I just have to add the fact that it costs money to hire actors. I mean, we wish they'd all work for free. They need to eat also. And if you appreciate what we do, we appreciate your donations to keep going and bringing those Hebrew-speaking Israeli actors yes. to you. Dr. Seif is coming up in a few minutes, but first we have Dr. Michael Brown explaining how salvation for the Jewish people is just the beginning. There's a great theme in Jeremiah that we often miss, and it is that Israel's salvation means the salvation of the whole world. See, this was a vision of the prophets. When God called Abram, he said that through his seed, the whole world would be blessed. And even though the prophets majored on Israel and focused mainly on Israel and Judah, they had some words for the nations, but their focus was on Israel and Judah. They also knew that Israel's salvation would bring blessing to the entire world. So the new covenant that we enjoy as followers of Jesus today, that Gentile Christians around the world enjoy, who is it made with? The covenant was made with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And through Israel and Judah as a priestly nation, the whole world is then blessed. And there are passages you find in Jeremiah in the third and fourth chapter, in the 24th chapter, where you see as, as God brings the Jewish captives back to Jerusalem, as God restores the city, as God rebuilds the nation, as the temple is repaired, that this is the, the first fruits of restoration. And it speaks of a future day when the nation of Israel will serve God with one heart and one soul. And when Israel gets things right, the whole world comes flocking to learn about the God of Israel. When Israel is rightly connected with the Lord, the glory of the Lord fills the land and the nations come streaming. And that's why Israel's salvation still matters to this day. That's why the gospel is still to the Jew first. Israel's salvation will mean life and resurrection to the entire world. My heart is just bursting with enthusiasm. Such good news. And I imagine what I'm feeling pales in comparison to what Jeremiah felt when he wrote it. In chapter 31, he reiterates what we've already heard already. Hinei yamim bo'im ne'um adonoi. The days are coming, saith the Lord. Berit hadasha, there's a new covenant. He says, Vakarti et Beit Yisrael viet Beit Yehuda, with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. He's, he's going to make a new deal. And what are the constituent parts of that new deal? You read on, he says, and it's fascinating, he says, and I will write it on their inward parts and on their hearts. What I see in the literature here, it's explicit. God says he's going to do something new. He's going to enter into people and affect a transformation. And what he does in the process of so doing 
is something else that's really worth having a look at. People are shackled with shame and guilt, and rightly so on many occasions because people do wrong. We're told here in the literature, however, God says, Ki selach la'avonam. He says, I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember it no more. Now, contextually, just to go back to Jeremiah's world, people were flagrant in their disavowal of the covenant. Time and time again, prophets came to warn the people of Israel and Judah to turn from their ways, but they would have none of it. They, they stiffened their necks. They turned their back. They were, they were insistent on their wicked ways. They would not heed. The net result was that judgment was forthcoming, and the prophet gives voice to that over and over again. While he says that, he doesn't apologize for that. Why should it be someone needs to apologize for telling someone they're going to get what they have coming to them? We all make decisions in life, and, and uh, what we sow is what we reap. He said it, he didn't like it, but that's why I say here, I'm sure he's thrilled because he knows people are people, but God is God. And the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Great is his faithfulness for Kiliolam Chasto. His mercy endures forever from generation to generation. You might be at a place in your life where you don't live in Jeremiah's world. You live in your own, but you can relate to what I'm talking about because you're on the guilty feeling end of all of this. I want you to know that God's a gracious God. He gives us a break. I'm glad he gave it to me, and I know he'll give it to you, but you've got to reach up to him. Heed this word. It's not even my word. I have an open Bible here. I don't want you to get lost in the Hebrew. It makes sense in the English. We do the Hebrew because it gives a little more authenticity to it to underscore the fact that this good news story takes place in an Old Testament world. But I want it to take place in your world. If you would, please reach up to God and experience what I'm talking about right now. And you'll learn, indeed, there is hope over the horizon. There's been a lot of bad news that we've heard in this series, but I'm so thankful for today's program all about hope today. Indeed, and goodness, hope is in uh, high demand and short supply in this world in so many ways. And we need to hear about it even today in our culture. In yes, our and, and I think that's principally the message of the gospel. Uh, uh, Paul spoke of the ministry of reconciliation. He's trying to connect people together who've been estranged, connect people to God who've turned away. And, and when, those when, when those connections are restored, Bingo, hope. And I loved earlier in the program, you mentioned about the returning of the people or the Aliyah to Jerusalem. They will return to Jerusalem, but they're also returning, God says, to a new covenant. And it's such a, a beautiful picture of grace, forgiveness, mer mercy. It is, 
Yeshua, it is the Messiah in the Old Testament. At, at, he's there and he's saying, I want to do something new in your hearts. I love that. I'd like to respond, but that's so succinct and profound. I don't know how to add to it. May, I, may I ask you a question, because you're the doctor theology. In this new covenant that Jeremiah, I mean, so long before Messiah came, talked about of the covenant of, I'm going to write on your hearts this new covenant. He wants to enter into us. Dare I say we're talking Holy Spirit, yes? Yes. All right, look at that. You can dare to say, the Holy Spirit didn't just show up in Acts chapter 2. Yes. In Genesis, the first breath, the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters, kapum, dispelling the choshech, the darkness, and bringing forth light. And uh, God's all about that from Alpha to Omega. You just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Because here's this powerful God, Trinity, that he's saying, I did that. I mean, he, he spoke into being this, this world and, and moved. And the amazing thing is he wants to come into your heart today. This powerful, powerful being says, I'm going to write a covenant. And, and if you don't know what a covenant is, uh, look over the Old Testament, look over the New Testament, right? There, it's everywhere. But he says, I want to do a covenant, and my Holy Spirit is going to come into your life. Yes. And the rabbi from Tarsus, Paul, spoke of this treasure that's deposited in an earthen vessel. It really is special what God does for us, his implanting his person in us, and it's transformative. The consequences are profound. God called young Jeremiah, but he's also called us to share that good news yes, in today's and, world. And I really hope it's gotten into your heart and head. Ooh, this is a good way to enter the, the program today. It I'm really excited. <laughs> you know, our ending is all about new beginnings, but we got to go. And as we go, Shalu, Shalom, Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Join us right now for additional content that is only available on our social media sites, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Visit our website, levitt.com, for the current and past programs, the television schedule, tour information, and our free monthly newsletter, which is full of insightful articles and news commentary. View it online, or we can ship it directly to your mailbox every month. Also on our website is the online store, there, you can order this week's resource, or you can always give us a call at 1-800-WONDERS. Your donations to Our Jewish Roots help us to support these organizations as they bless Israel. Please remember we depend on tax-deductible donations from viewers like you.
This has been a paid program brought to you by Zola Levitt Ministries.